You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. folks, welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matt Baker and I perform a comedy and stunt show. And I'm Louis Fox. I perform hand shadow puppets and some magic tricks at the Moisture Festival. And we are the hosts of the Moisture Festival podcast. We thank you for joining us. If you stumbled along, thank you. Stay for these fantastic interviews. If you haven't done so, please give us a five-star review wherever you got this at. Let us know where you got, where you found this and how you heard about the Moisture Festival. We want to hear from you. If you don't know what the Moisture Festival is, it's a four-week festival celebrating the variety arts in Seattle. It's the largest in the entire world and features some of the best entertainers working today. The festival happens in the months of of March and April. If you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to get tickets now because the majority, 95% of shows sell out. And you can get tickets by visiting the website moisturefestival.org. Yeah, and we are dedicated to keeping the ticket prices to shows affordable, and they do that by relying on individual donations from people like you. That's right. If you want to donate uh, financially or with your time by volunteering, please visit moisturefestival.org. Click the contribute link, and there's all sorts of information that can help you. On today's podcast, we welcome in a world-class entertainer, Maria Margieva. Yes, we learn how to pronounce Maria's last name. <laughs> we learn about uh, the, the fall of the Soviet Union and uh, how to get the, the transition from rhythmic gymnastics to performing inside a giant bubble suspended 30 feet above the stage. Yeah, Louis thought the Soviet Union was still intact until this <laughs> interview. Uh, she is a fantastic performer. Uh, she does a variety of different stuff, and we're going to get into all the things that she she performs. It's great over Zoom. Let's get to it. Yep. Today's guest is a world-class performer who has performed on four different continents. She performs aerial, contortion, hula hoop, and dance, and is considered one of the most flexible women on the planet. She was recognized as a master of sports by the Ukraine government. We welcome in Maria Margieva. Hi, hello. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, I, Louis, are you applauding me for saying the name, like not butchering the name? <laughs> Good job, Matt. <laughs> Welcome, Maria. Thank you. Good and job. So real quick, I got to ask, what are the four continents you've performed on? So I've been to South America. Mm-hmm. I live in Europe. I perform in North America and Asia. Okay. So you're missing Africa, Australia, and Antarctica? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, in Africa. Maybe I also, but I was with cruise ship in Africa, so mm. maybe I could say, but it's not exactly, yeah. But in Australia, I've never been to Australia. Ah. You do so many different things. When people ask you what you do, what do you what do you say? Tell like, what's your elevator pitch to people? Like when they ask, you know. Well, I, yes, I usually say what I do: the combination of circles dance and sport gymnastics that was my background rhythmic gymnastics so i tried to unite it all together in my performances yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing to watch and clearly you uh i read that you have a uh, rhythmic rhythmic gymnastics background is that how you got into all of this i started my mom wanted me to be ballet dancer so in, in like in our 
Soviet, it was Soviet Union at the time I was six years old. And they say, what well, before ballet, rhythmic gymnastics is very good preparation because mm. they will stretch you, they will prepare you from there so you can go. But I came to gymnastics and from first day I say to my mom, no, I want to be gymnast forever. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want then switch to ballet. So I stayed in gymnastics, yes. Was your mom disappointed when you didn't go into ballet? No. No, no, no. Our mom, she always was very, with me, with my brother, she let us do whatever we, we are, we love, so no. Maybe she has her preferences, but she never in, tried to, like, change something. No, no, no. She, she loved gymnastics too, so it was good. <laughs> Did she do ballet or gymnastics? No, she, well, she did gymnastics in the beginning, but she had very tough mom. So maybe she wasn't tough with, with us because her mom was very tough. She basically whole life worked in something that wasn't her passion. No? So yeah. with us, she was completely different, yes. So gotcha. she allows us to do what we want always. And so when you're a kid and you're learning uh, gymnastics, um, wh in what age were you at this time? <laughs> So I started with gymnastics at was seven, seven years old. So is that pretty late to start gymnastics back um, then, no, or is that normal normal age? Normal age. But I did I did uh, two years also figure skating when I was little, but I didn't like like it ice. It was cold. So I said <laughs> to my mom, No, 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 I will not come back to there. Yeah, and there they said to her that I had I have good condition for ballet better than than for figure skating. Yeah, and then I came to gymnastics. No, seven, six, seven, five, six, seven is good ages. Even eight. Yes. Gotcha. No, <laughs> Wait, did she also put you in figure skating and tell you that it would be a good exercise to be a good ballet dancer? Is everything yes, just yes. training to get you to be a ballet dancer? No, because my mom, I, I think I was four when, when I went there. It was because I was a little bit, um, had um, a lot of flu and people say what figure skating is good to be in the cold and I will get more like, um, so it's good for my heels. Ah, and there they say to my mom was that my condition was very good, but not for figure skating, but for ballet. Uh, oh. so, and she, yeah, yeah. Because it was Soviet Union at the time and they, you know, they was trying to find the best you can do to, yeah. So it was for everything free. We never paid for nothing. Wow. For classes. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It was different. I think now changes. Now also kids there in Ukraine and Russia, they pay. We didn't pay nothing. It was yeah. all free. That is very so much the free. opposite yeah. of the United States where they want you want to be in warm weather and they want us to pay for all of our learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's different systems, yes. Where do you live now? I live I live in Spain. Yes, my my home is in Spain. Yes, but I often I I, I get already to years like U.S. working visa. I can work like entertainment, so I often travel to U.S. or or some time ago to China. Yes, so but my home is in Spain, south of Spain, Malaga coast. Okay, so d primarily, do you uh, perform in Spain? Because I saw you worked on a lot of cruise ships. So you are you just like I'll go wherever wherever the contracts are, or is yes. it like? Okay, yes. more more I perform out of Spain because unfortunately Spain is very good country for living but for work is not mm. other countries often pay more than in Spain gotcha yes. 
Yes, but yeah. I also I I did loan contract in from two thousand like one year ago. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes oh. if it's, if it goes wrong, so I say yes. But if it's not, so. <laughs> now did flamenco dance take you to Spain? Because I saw flamenco is like such a big part of some of what you do. Um, is that what drew you there? No, it was I learned there because I came to Spain when I was gymnast, my first mm. time. I I came there because I was sixteen years old. And they they took me to perform there for Barcelona gymnastic club. I can say it was so warm, it was so beautiful, and I say <laughs> I want to be there. Yeah, but then I beg for study because I I finished university in Kiev, and after that I was lucky to have like circus contract in Mallorca. Isn't that I I'm permanently living space in two thousand. That's amazing. So what what did yeah. you go to university for? Uh, I I I have degree like um, we have. Um, for even for big coach or rhythm gymnastics, you need to to have sport degree. So I have for years I can be a coach of rhythm gymnastics or teacher of physical education or also sport event management. So I have three these three oh, wow. possibilities. So, wow! So you could manage like like manage like a football stadium. <laughs> Well, no, but no, for this, no, it may be, I would need to do more master, but in the beginning I did, uh, yeah, choose this. Wow. And when did you graduate, like, so you moved, when did you move to, how old were you when you moved to Spain? Uh, when I moved to Spain, definitely, it was 20 years old. Gotcha. But so my last years in university, I did remotely and I just came there to do um, exam, you know, like examination. Yeah. yeah. So first two years I was present and last year I, I studied remotely. Yeah. So I saw that you retired from gymnastics when you were 17. So you went from seven to 17, 10 years. Is that what is that like a normal uh, career span of a gymnast? Like when, you know. Is for rhythm gymnastic, yes, because unfortunately, is we finish in very young age because in sport you need to be very skinny, and like in certain age we start to gain some weight and it's mm. difficult <laughs> to keep in shape. So yes, so, very few girls they manage to feel 20, 21, yeah. or twenty two. It's unusual. Yeah. So real quick, can you tell us like what makes rhythmic gymnastics different from regular gymnastics? Well, so more popular in America is more popular artistic gymnastics. They they use the beams, no, the um, the parallel bars. Mm -hmm. Is more acrobatic rhythm gymnastics. We use uh, like clubs, ribbon, hoop. Okay. But I, I believe now in America, it's also started to be more popular than it was before. In last years, I see very good, really very good gymnasts from U.S. also competing. Yes. What was your object that you used in rhythmic gymnastics? Or do you do you have to use an object in rhythmic gymnastics? You mean some goal, but... Uh, ah, no, objects. Ah, you mean uh, like apparatus? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we, we have... <laughs> so we have five apparatus. We have rope. That's now a rope used only little kids. Starting from that years old, usually ropes we don't use. But in my in my when I did gymnastics, we did it. So it was rope, hoop, ball, clubs, and ribbon. 
And also when you are kid, you do free exercise because it prepares you for next mm. level, like when you need to do baby's apparatus. And you, I saw a bunch of uh, video of you using a ball. Is that what you, was that the thing yeah, that you gravitated yeah, towards? From gymnastics, yes. From gymnastics, yes. Gotcha. It, it was one of my favorite, my favorite apparatus was ball. So yeah. I do ball because I really like it so much, yes. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's better than the the rope, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, your rope. yeah, you're right. I think ball is more feminine. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. So when you so you're 17, you you hang up your shoes, you hang up the you know the ribbon of gymnastics career. Put the you ball go to university, on the, the ball on a shelf, <laughs> and uh, so when did circus come into sort of your uh, atmosphere, your your life? So I did first year of university. I just studied because I was tired. I eat a lot. You know how much weight I, I gain, like 15 kilograms. But in, in American, it would be in, in, in pounds, probably like 30, not 25 pounds. Extra weight just in few months. Eat, eat, eat. First yeah. year, it was just eat for all years. I didn't eat. Yeah. But then in second year, I, I decided also I want to study dance. So I also have degree like in uh, dance academy there. And then I met one girl, acrobatics, and they say, you still have very good conditions. Why you don't want to try to go with us? We have circus show. You do audition and you see maybe if, if our boss, she like you, so she take you. And, and she liked me. She made me some kind of performance contortion. And it was very funny because our, our like in two months, there were audition for Castillo of Mallorca in Spain. They came to like it, my performance is they took me and this is how I came to Spain my second time, not like gymnast, my like performer. Mm. And I worked there almost three years in Mallorca. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very unusual to just be thrown into being a contortionist. Right? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I do, yeah. when, when you went to the audition, were they like, what skills do you have? And you're like, I got rhythmic gymnastics. And then they're like, yeah, contortion. Yeah. But, contortion. But it was natural. I was always naturally very flexible so it was my one of my strong things in gymnastics extreme flexibility now i less i, I can say my last five years already not so flexible like <laughs> i was before so gotcha. age little bit make you less flexible but in that point i was really very very flexible and it does it doesn't cost me nothing just boom boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes and so you'd started to, so that was your first sort of um, performance was being contor a contortionist. When did the other elements sort of come into play? The hula hoop, the aerial axe, um, so the pole? After, yes, after contortion in, in Mallorca, first year I did like gymnastics part and I did some, I was, I didn't have my own axe. I, I was more like um, some, um, actor these mm. parts where I was doing gymnastics and there I was then to say I want to do some acts and I want to learn aerial hoop. So my first performance like circus performance was in, in Mallorca in aerial hoop. Oh. Um, it was very good place so they left me time when I want to practice and I I'm a little bit introvert personality. So for me I'm very good when I'm practice by myself. 
is the best. The best when I I can do three, four hours. I don't need any push. So I'm good walking. And I so there I learned to do aerial ring. And next year I learned to do aerial sits. Yeah, but because it was good place, so you can practice extra hours you need. They always open to use the place. And so gotcha. do you think that's what, that discipline from being a gymnast that helped you? It, yeah. Yes. It's first is discipline. You're right, because sport, I think any sport gives you a lot of discipline, especially from in East Europe, gymnastics, we are popular about very tough discipline. But also my personality, I'm always first introvert. So me working with myself, it's okay for me. Some people, they can't. No, they need to talk or they need someone... Me, I work better when I'm with myself. Mm. And so, what was the sort of show that you were in for three years in Mallorca? So, director of, of Major of Casino of Mallorca, at that point, he was very um, fan of Cirque du Soleil. Mm. So they tried to do not copy, but to show with Mallorca du Soleil, Cirque du Mallorca. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but he was really on because he even had like his costume with Cirque du Soleil. He had a lot of them from Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, yeah. So for him and he, he made in casino. It was very good. So yes, yes. So, you, so yes. You came into this doing a more modern circus than a than I guess in a traditional American circus. That's our side. Yes. Yeah, it was modern circus, exactly. It was modern circus, yes. How much money did you lose at the casino in those three years? <laughs> no, we were not allowed to go to play. Yeah, oh, really? You can't. You can't, yes. It's the same, I think, when, when we work on cruise ship, I think we also cannot go to the casino to play. I oh. believe it's also in the contract. Well, I, I think we cannot. But in casino, for sure, we, are, we were not allowed to go to that part. No. It's probably probably for the better, I would assume. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> so on on a cruise ship, you're are, you're not a guest entertainer. You're a staff or resident entertainer. Like you're, you're... no, no. I was I started like like resident entertainer with Costa. Uh, so I did there two years, and then I switched. So in 2010, I entered like guest entertainer with American companies. Yes, so I, I've been guest entertaining. So you're doing a full 45-minute show? Yes, yes. It's different because it depends on the company. For example, Royal Caribbean, sometimes even 50 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Each company has, but sometimes it's 45. Well, 45 alone is pretty tough. Yeah, but, because, uh, because yes. you don't talk, right? Yeah. It's like non-stop 45 minutes, it's not easy, <laughs> especially if it's two shows. So one show it's okay, but second show is more difficult. And if see the rough, so yes, it's more difficult. So so if well, you're listening you... to this, if you're listening to this and you see Maria on a cruise ship that you're on, see the first show, not the second show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's> not... <laughs> but um, it's for was all, it... all entertainers. Yeah, was it difficult? Was it difficult to start like, you know, because, you know, you put together different pieces, right? They're different, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you have an aerial act, pull, you know, silks, flamenco. Was it difficult to sort of put those together to to build out a larger show, a 45 minute show? Well, it's maybe it's, it's difficult physically, 
But to put it together to me, like in artistic level, creativity is very interesting. This is I love the most. Each place you do, um, I I get bored when I work, for example, in production show for a long time. And when you during one year, you need to do exactly the same choreography always. Mm -hmm. I prefer work where I can change, when I can change the music. No, no, it's difficult physically, but like in personal level of artistic satisfaction, I love it. I like it more. And as a guest entertainer, you don't have to do any of the drills. (laughs) No, no, no. Yes. But when I worked on Costa, I needed to do the drills. Yes, yes. I like how someone's Muster Station C. (laughs) Muster Station B, yes, yes. But even even when you go to cruise ship, like guess it's tennis, you need to do it like like passenger. You need to do passenger drills always. Yeah. Yeah. It's still been... But but it's different. You don't need to do examination because then you need. I needed to do the test. No, yeah. Do you ever do you ever have people on the ship recognize you as the muster station person, not the uh, aerialist that was in the show? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, you did cruise ships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of you, both yeah. of you, you did cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. Which which companies? Uh, I was actually just on the Navigator of the Seas, which is a video I just watched of you performing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I work on Royal and Dis. I've I've done them all. Louis. Louis I used to work on Holland. Yeah. Ah, you worked to work on Holland. I did one time in Holland, America. Yes, I, I mostly Royal Caribbean. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was I was marveling at you. So you have this flamenco piece that has a dress that is essentially like the length of the theater, and uh, <laughs> so is that? Do you how do you how do you travel with that? How do, do you have to ship it ahead? Do you do you? No, no, because I I made this dress, no, and I made it. It's very, very, it's um, very light, so I can in luggage when I put it, I I put um, I can put a lot of more things together with this dress. Yes, mm. it looks big, but when when it's in luggage, it's not so big. That leads me to another question. So, like your aerial props, like an aerial hoop or whatever, do you travel with mm-hmm. that, or does like the cruise ship just have those? Because that's a standard thing. No, usually I, I, I travel when on the ship, so I, I usually have two two pieces of luggage. So one I have hula hoops, hula hoops, and to the hula hoops I put inside some of the costumes and I do in this way. And if I need, I usually, I did very few cruise ships with aerial ring. Usually it was hula hoops and some costume inside of hula hoops. Mm-hmm. And second, I have big luggage where I put as much as I can all other things. <laughs> yes. Like this. When you go through TSA, you're like, that's my pole, that's my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, Matt, you just mentioned the bubble. Do you, I, I thought was, that was the coolest thing. So, ah, so it, but this is a new one. This is I did just in China. I did for Christmas. So I asked it to them if they can buy me the bubble mm-hmm. because they they have the everything very cheap. No, so because we calculate what if I buy my bubble and I and I will bring to China, it will cost me more than if they buy there the bubble. Mm. So this is my new act. I just learned there for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, as I said, I love to do new things. So for me, it was interesting to try something new. So, yeah. So can you explain it to the, because this is an audio uh, you know, <laughs> format. So if you can explain it to the people who are listening. Yes. 
So the bubble is basically, it, it calls walking ball. Sometimes people also use it to walk in the water, no? These yeah. things. So performance force, you need to, to bump it. Then in one point, you need to fastly go inside. There, you always need the assistant, not someone who can finish to bump it for you. And, and go on and you go perform. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's... Well, I needed to practice like maybe four or five days because I have been there now for more long in time. And yeah, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it so much. Yeah. But then I saw an aerial bubble, that, a bubble that was dangling that kind of opened like an upside down clam. Uh, yeah, it's different. Yeah, that bubble, that bubble, yes, it's different bubble. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, that one was looked a, a bit sketchy to me because it was like hanging from the ceiling and it was a bubble, but then it opened up and you're like hanging in the <laughs> opening. Is that are you secured in some way or are you just free flowing? Well, but well, I think is not very. I think in aerial for me the most dangerous is ring hoop. Mm. For example, seals, if you fall, you can, you can in every port, little bit. So, seals, I don't see. Most dangerous is the ring, because if you go down, you go down. You don't yeah. have nothing. This aerial sphere, we call it, mm, I see, I see pretty safe. Oh, yeah? I don't see it very well. At least for me, comparing with different aerial things mm -hmm. I do. It's not, I don't see it very, like, dangerous. Well, well, yes, you need to go, but it has some kind of magnet that even if you go out of the of this bubble, it closes, no? So it keeps you, it's safe. Oh, it's like a big, oh, giant, yes. big giant claw yes. game. Yeah. It grabs you, catches you before you hit the ground. No. But, no, but it doesn't allow you... When you open it, it doesn't allow you to open too much, you know. So you, you basically you can't. Um, yeah, I don't. Oh, smart. It's, yeah, it's smart. It's, it's very, it's very smart system. Yes, yes, it's safe. It's safe. But I did one contract where I need to go very, very high. That was a little bit. Like, <laughs> I wasn't very comfortable when it was. It was big circus. I needed to go really very, very high. So there. And I did then other contract where it was like normal high, so it was more comfortable. Yes. Wait, <laughs> how how high was it? Oh, it was but in meters, so probably it was like eleven meters or twelve meters. Wow, it's like it's like nine hundred feet, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, 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 but it, it was a little bit uncomfortable, yes. Wow. <laughs> what I like about the bubble thing, the, the aerial bubble, is that it gets contortion off of the floor because you're inside the bubble doing your contortion act. And so it's a great way to elevate it so that everyone has a great view of it. Yes, I, I think it's one of the most visual performances. I bet that was very popular during COVID, that act. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was gonna ask if you invented that because I had never seen that before. Is that does that exist in the circus world or is that something you created? 
Yes, no, no, it was before. So I I started with Zitak because I know people in Spain who did their production. So in they get the bubble is asking if I can come and if I can learn to do it. And I say yeah because I always I love to learn new things. I say of course, <laughs> count with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not many people do it because it's difficult for transportation. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult to transport. Yes, it's not like silk or ink. You can yeah. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And since you you say you work on new stuff, what are you working on right now? Can you say? Is there anything that you're like you know? No, the, gonna... last, no the last thing was like this Christmas, as you say, did this um, like not in the air but in the floor. Uh-huh. Is ball inside you do things like yes. it was my last. Wait, did you hula hoop inside of the bubble? No, no, I did like a body dance inside. No, hula hooping, no, no, but maybe you can, yeah. What about aerial? Could you do aerial inside of a, like, a, <laughs> little, a little, bubble? little thing hanging? <laughs> Doing aerial inside of a hanging bubble. <laughs> I should try, I should All try. Right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so what? what's the next thing for you? What's coming up? What's coming up? Well, I come to festival, then I also have uh, one performance in Spain. I have now more like um, performance on land events. Which do you prefer more, land or, or like on a cruise ship? After COVID, more on land. Shorter contracts, right? It's like you can go do one night and then go yeah. home as opposed yeah. to being yeah. out for a week and a half or something. And there's no norovirus on land or very little. <laughs> and something i actually really liked about your performance is uh you you i've never seen this before the flamenco i sort of dancing style with hula hoops is is that sort of a signature piece for you well me because since i started in spain all shows i did always had flamenco ballet Ah. And me, I love it so much. So I started to work with some of the dancers. I also, also did flamenco flamenco classes I took. Um, and I tried to do, yes, hula hoop act with what I learned from flamenco, mix it with um, me personally, I love flamenco. Yeah, it's pretty great. I love it. It's great. Yes. Well, it's very specific. Not everyone loves it, but uh, I love it. <laughs> Just people with bad taste d- don't like flamenco. That's yeah, yeah. yeah no, maybe yeah. But it's, it's, no, I think many people even don't know exactly what it is because in Spain is no, it's very popular. Of course, it's yeah. Spanish signature. Yes. And how many languages do you speak? So I speak Russian is my first language. I born in Ukraine, but in my age, so many families. Russian was first language. So Russian, I speak Ukrainian, Spanish, Italian, English, and I, I speak some Portuguese, but when I speak Portuguese, it starts start to mix my Spanish words. Yeah, so yeah. I need more practice. I don't have enough practice for Portuguese, but I understand I can watch the movie in Portuguese without problem. But for speaking, it's like not very clean, yes. So five and a half. Yes, five <laughs> yeah. and a half, exactly. <laughs> no. I, I saw we're gonna go. Uh, I saw you were a member of both the Soviet Union and Ukraine national gymnastic teams. So that's like a slice of time. Not a lot of people would have gotten that. 
Yes, because when I started gymnastics, it was Soviet Union. And it, uh, so I was 12 years old when we became independent. And rhythmic gymnastics is sport for very young girls. So they started, so basically at 10 years old, you're already a member of junior team. Mm-hmm. And I had very good conditions. So yes, like for two years, I was in, in Soviet Union team. And then we split and I was in Ukrainian team. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. What's harder to learn, aerial or Portuguese? Aerials, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but depend on which aerials. Yes, oh, okay. Things were very complicated, yes, because I didn't have enough strength to go up yet. I was very flexible. We have problem. very flexible people. We have little problem with the stretch. Instead, people, those who are more strong, for them, more difficult flexibility things. It's like mother natural is harmony for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I have a more, I have a question that's more of like a philosophical question for you. Um, you know, because we're from the States and, you know, it's interesting that like, you know, in Eastern Europe, you know, or Soviet Union back in the day, you know, circus is a little bit more celebrated and more a little bit more culturally prevalent than it is in the United States. Why do you why do you think that is? Is it just history hist- historically been that way, or um, is it just because they put state funding into programs like that? Like, have you noticed that? And if so, what why? Yes, I, I do notice this. Yes, yes. Why why is it the same? I think all acrobatic things because. Um, First, uh, I think because it was all free in that time, at least in time Soviet Union and even when Ukraine was independent, now it's not free. But in that time when I started, it was all free. So they they was teaching for people with the best condition. Not everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what is better because now it couldn't do it everyone, but you need to pay. In mm. in my time, not everyone can do it. So you can do it only if you have this, this, this. If you don't have it, they watch it say, okay, you are better for swimming. We mm. cannot take it, but you go to swim. So it was like this. For example, even if you love swimming, but you don't have conditions, they will say, you know, you can do, we cannot take you go to do box no but skiing. you know <laughs> skiing yes because you have condition for skiing so it was like this that's the worst to go i want to be I a see. swimmer and they go nope you're gonna get punched in the face bro <laughs> but, but it like this because my brother i was very big friend with my brother i have big brother and he was going to swim so i wanted to do everything he does so i wanted to go to swim I went with him and they say, no, because you are small. You will never be tall. We can tell it from the beginning. It's true. My brother is tall. I'm not. And they say, we, we cannot take you. So they said, she doesn't have condition for swimming. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was like this. Well, she so can what... play darts. She... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So they say gymnastics, ballet, whatever. Gotcha. But no, no, no swimming. No. Did, swimming. Your brother, did your brother stay with the swimming? Uh, yeah, he stayed for pretty long swim, like swimmer. Yes, yes. He even after changed to water water polo. No, what is with the ball when they swim and you know when they play uh, the yeah, ball? Yeah, water polo, I think. Water yeah, yeah. Polo. yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, so yeah. what? What thing did he not have that they're like? You can't be a swimmer. You got to be a water polo person. <laughs> 
No, no, no. I think all swimmers, they can switch to water polo oh, if they gotcha. want. So he like it more group sport because we are totally opposite. I'm introvert and my brother extrovert. So extroverts, they like group sport, no, where they can talk, they can, so for him, it's very important to be in company. It's curious how people from same same parents could be opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and is that your only sibling? Yeah, yeah, I have only one big brother. Yes. So what and where is he where is he at? He's in Estonia. Oh. In Tallinn. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to Estonia in a couple months. Yeah. I go in Estonia. It's very Tallinn. You go to Tallinn. Can I can I call him and we can hang out? Yeah, hi. <laughs> Be like, I saw your, your sister's name on a screen. <laughs> 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 so what what does your brother do now? My brother he's journalist. He do sport journalist. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's so much about sport, yeah, and he, like he's very open, so a journalist is perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to do politics journalism, but they said, you know what? We don't like your words. Maybe sports journalism. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but first no, boxing. To do politics. <laughs> politics, no, no. It was always about sports. He, he did sports. So, yeah. And we are glad. You know, politics journalist is very, I think, it's very uncomfortable profession. Yeah. Because you can make angry very people. And you need to say what, like, uh, like people want you to say. I, I think it's better for him to be sport journalist than politics journalist. It now, is it in my opinion. Were Were you guys still? Were you in Kiev when uh, the Soviet Union fell? Where were you when that happened? Well, it 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 wasn't very. It was everything very slow transitioning. So I I was in age. 11, 12, 13, I, I didn't, well, I feel it in gymnastics way, because for me, it was better to be in Soviet Union, mm. because I had, in Ukraine, we have main coach, he was, um, like, in, um, competing with my coach, so, and, uh, like, main coach of Ukrainian team, she always tried to take girls from my coach, and I didn't want to go to train with her. So, for me, it was better when we, we were Soviet unions, and this, in sport, for me, was, but in all other things, um, it was slow transition, it wasn't very big change. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, but I think when when I became when I started to study, it was better for me because I could go to Spain, yeah. you know. So we start to have possibility to travel. So I think for me, as adult, it was very good. Yeah. Change. Now, what? Uh, what? How did you hear about the Moisture Festival? What? Like, how did that become come on your radar? Yeah, well, no, I found it in in internet, and I applied. Wait, what yes. were you Googling to find <laughs> what it? What were you searching? <laughs> what were you searching? <laughs> no, no, because, well, let me think, because in that point, I think I haven't been in America on land, you know, I was only with oh. the ship a few days, so I wanted to find something to discover, because I, I love traveling, and I like mm -hmm. to explore new countries. So, yes, it was, I, I, and I put festival in U.S., and it came Moisture Festival, so I, I sent them my material, yes, and we did it. And they were and like, of course. Think? Yeah. Oh, what yeah, was, yeah, what yeah, was no, your no, thoughts? No. 
Yeah, well, I, I love it. I love it. Seattle, very beautiful city. Yes, I like it so much. It it's a bit different than uh, like the traditional circuses that you probably have been a part of. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I in Spain, there is also not so many. In Spain, I more walk in the shows uh, with flamenco dancers. No, it's different. It's, it's more of a shows um, for tourists, like in, in the cruise ships. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. There is not so, so much traditional circus in Spain. Well, maybe, but I didn't work there yet. Mm. I'm more, more, more work in commercial stores, I would say. Do you do you have any uh, memories of your time in Seattle? Anything stand out from, from that visit? Yeah, well, no, I, I love to performances. Yes, of course. And I also, as tourists, I, I discovered they just opened that museum. You have the Museum of that Glass, no? Oh, yeah, oh, the, the Museum of Glass, museum. yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was so beautiful. There's yes. another great one. Uh, there's one in Tacoma that's a similar one, but bigger. Too. Uh -huh. So when you're so, in town, if you can get someone to take you down there, it's a great stop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was very pretty thing. Yeah. And the gum wall. Have you been to the gum wall? <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant. It's a giant alleyway filled and filled with people's chewed gum put on the walls. It's uh no, I haven't been. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> because it's time. Yeah. I'm gonna have I to will, make. I a... will write me in your. I'm gonna have to make a tour bus for everybody that's out of town, and we'll hop in a yeah. van and <laughs> go some, go see all this. Yeah, this would be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and did you get to go uh, see any other sites while you were there outside of the glass museum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I walked. Uh, me when I when I do like touring every day, I work. I, I, I love to work. I, I like photography. I have always had my camera, so it's not professional, but it's like a matter. But I, I do a lot of photos, pictures. Yes, and now I also start to fly the drone. So this time I want to bring my <laughs> yeah, study for drone drone pilot. So I have the license. For this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to drone, fly <laughs> drone. But for drone, it's better to go outside of town. No yeah, of course, yeah. And do you have Spanish citizenship, or you uh, have yeah, Ukraine have passport? Spanish. No, Spanish. Okay. I have Spanish passport. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it wouldn't look travel. good if they arrest you for a drone and you pull out a, Ru a Russian passport. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in US it's easy. You just need to apply online. You pay little fee and you can fly, but only you need to check in the phone. There are zones where you can do it, others where you can't. So you need to check where to do it mm -hmm. yeah. and you can fly it. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. In US, it's, in Europe, it's more difficult. For example, in Estonia, you need to have some special permit. In US, it's easy. At <clears throat> least it was easy till now. I already thought you flew with a lot of stuff, and uh, now we're adding drone to. <laughs> it fits inside the hula Next hoops. Next step is show. It's show. No attached to the drone. <laughs> I fit my hula hoop inside of the drone. <laughs> No, next step I will fly no to the contracts on my yeah. own drone. <laughs> it just dangles the big so, bubble underneath it. From the drone. Bubble attached to the drone, yeah. 
Well, we're excited that you're going to be at the 2024 Moisture Festival. That is going to be awesome. And yes. uh, if people want to find you and check out some of your stuff, maybe some stuff that you won't be doing at the Moisture Festival, there's a ton of videos on your website. It's Maria, M-A-R, uh, sorry, M-A-R-I-A-M-A-R-G-I-Y-E-V-A.com. And that's also and the that's Instagram as well. Yep. And YouTube and Facebook, all of those. And I, I believe there's just a ton of videos uh, of you doing lots of crazy stuff. And you get to see the flamenco dress that is, you know, the size of a cruise ship. Um, <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, is there anything that we didn't ask you that we should ask you? Well, no, I think we had very good conversation. I want to ask you, so how you like Europe? Have you been to Europe? You've been to Spain, both of you? I have, yeah. Nope. I don't know if Louis has. Nope, I've never been to Europe. What? Ah, you never been to Europe? Wow, no! I was supposed to go to what? France in April of 2020, but that got canceled. Ah, that happens. Uh, oh, you should go. He should go. <laughs> this is this is I'm a gonna, travesty. I'm gonna cancel my trip to Japan next month. And we'll go to Europe. You should. <laughs> Wait, you've been to Japan? Have you been to no, Japan? No, I've been already? to China. Oh, oh. Uh, you've been to Japan? No, I've never been to. I want to go to Japan. It's cool. There's lots of cool festivals there, too, that you could probably be a part yeah, of. Yeah, I should try to apply to the festival. You're right. Yeah. Good idea. T- yeah. yeah. And there's, I think there's even more in the United States um, that you could apply to. Um, I'll think mm-hmm. of some and send them to you. There's like that one, the, what's the one, the Festival of Fools, that one in Vermont. Yeah, the one the Hillby's always at. Yeah, the Festival of Fools, that, that could be a fun one. And so you get to see the eastern part of the United States. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. so but oh anyways so uh thank you so much for joining us and uh, we're thank looking forward you. to seeing you at this year's festival it's gonna be awesome yeah yes thank you very very nice to talk with you guys yeah all and the I, best. I see, see you there yes all the best and you go to Europe. <laughs> you, <can>. go. <laughs> you go on, on my way all right i'm gonna see your brother in a, in a couple of months so i'm excited yes <laughs> Okay. Right. Bye bye. See you, Maria. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's it for today, folks. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out more information like who's performing, how to volunteer, how to contribute, be sure to go to the Moisture Festival website, which is moisturefestival.org. If you like this podcast, you can check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Yeah. You can get on all of the podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and where we talk about weird news stories of the day. It's a good time. Yeah. If you like this podcast, you will love that because it is all things weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that has links to my personal page and Louis Fox's personal page if you want to follow what we do individually. So we want to thank all of the performers, donors, sponsors, volunteers who put on the moisture festival it really takes a village to make this thing happen absolutely we want to thank you for listening and we want to thank you in advance for coming out to the moisture festival so be sure to check out the moisture Festival's site they also have a facebook page and instagram page and a youtube page to see how you can get involved and be a part of this year's or next year's moisture festival we want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and we hope to see you soon See you later. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. And stay moist.